0: This is Payments Radio, the show for and about the payments industry, covering news, interviewing experts and talking about all the ways the world pays. My name is Megan Johnson, your host of Payments Radio, and today we virtually travel to Sweden to investigate why this nation of 10 million people is one of, if not the most innovative nation when it comes to payments not just in terms of making payments, but the various unicorns and startups that are changing the way global payments are made. Today, I'm joined by Anna Blyablina, co-founder of Stockholm FinTech Week and partner commercialization at Mambu, and Andrew Edem, global head of innovation at PPRO. Welcome, Anna and Andrew. Hi, I'm Megan, and hi, Andrew, nice to be here.
1: Hi, Megan, thanks very much. Nice to meet you too, Anna.
0: Super. So let's jump into talking about uh, Sweden. And specifically, I think it'd be good to set the scene for what the payment mix looks like in Sweden. Um, So Anna, what does the payment mix look like in Sweden? What what has been kind of the the main forces of innovation that have made Sweden such an innovative market when it comes to making payments? Well,
2: Sweden has a very... um good track record when it comes to successful stories and payments. And it actually starts from 60s, 1915, 9 to be exact. That's where um, Bank Euro was launched as one of their initiatives by the banks. And it's been followed up by a few different innovations, including Switch, our Bank ID are our also or different our other initiatives are such as uh, Clannar, Trustly, Bambora, and the other few uh, unicorns, which had quite a very interesting exit. However, if you think from a consumer perspective and how that affects the the person, sort of say, it's all very digital. Uh, The whole payment um, experience, sort of say, it became very digital and it's just normal so Mm -hmm. I have quite a few apps which I use on a daily basis that's everything is digitalized and I trust all of these apps. So if, yep. I, if I can categorize, there could be the access such as traditional banks, SWAT so bank, SB, everything is in their digital or interbank payments. There's also apps such as Bank ID, which provides you authorization possibilities, Swish. Peer to peer payments as, as one of the functions. And of course, there's a bunch of different uh, challenge banks like SOFA, PFC, Lunar, and further Revolut. And don't forget one very important uh, player in the ecosystem, Clowner, was their function, mm-hmm. to buy and pay later.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess I I remember looking at Klarna. I think back in maybe 2014 or, or 2015. I mean, how? Uh, what's your perspective on how they've evolved? And I guess what's been kind of the the catalyst for their evolution? Um, I guess yeah. And what's your experience as a you know a, a consumer uh, or customer of Klarna?
2: Well, Klarna is one of their companies that's uh drive the whole fintech ecosystem uh, it's made a tremendous impact on the whole or overall or financial industry in in sweden and Stockholm specifically mm-hmm. so one of their angles to look at it so clutter started and they're one of their actors in the ecosystem that's are still uh, led by founders and independents, which is quite of an, uh, an interesting journey they have. And they also have breed the whole ecosystem with talent and, and help them establish different type of um, solutions, as we have a wave of the second unicorns and quite a, some of them are coming from Clanner, quite a few. And when it comes to the consumer perspective, so Clanner is giving you most exciting user experience and uh, that's one and I remember when Connor introduced their cards uh, I was the first one who, are, who are applied to get the card and I've got such a very unique uh, introduction to it I got an envelope a very furry furry uh, pink envelope uh, with card and I was so excited um, it was so unique and that's i think how they affect me as a, as a consumer per se but every but from a perspective of a ecosystem and the impact on, on not only in sweden but nordics as well that's something or some actors that everybody look up to mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i was i was just going to add that i i think klarna is you know, such an incredible success story. Also, you know, with their their market entries, um, you know, outside of the Nordics. You know, and I and I and I think that's something which is, um, you know, really. So I, I wouldn't say surprising to me, but it it's um, you know their their ability to adapt, you know, to the local conditions, you know, wherever they are. You know, whereas in in Sweden, you know, is really about. Um, you know, invoice payment in the, in the beginning, you know, so now we call it, you know, buy now pay later, but it was kind of a factoring, you know, product. And then to come to, you know, Germany and say, well, you know, it's not as common here. So let's enter into, you know, the, the payment initiation. They acquired, you know, support, um, you know, in, in, in Germany or in the UK to say, okay, well, you know, everything's based on cards anyway. So let's build a buy now pay later product, which essentially, you know, allows you to split payments. You know, across a debit card, and now they're U.S. entry. So I think it's 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 really like you know that that delight. You know, Anna, I think you felt opening. You know that that you know package from Klarna. They've been able to replicate that in a lot of other markets, and that's something that's it's, I think highly unusual for payments companies to you know be able to adapt at that level.
2: Great, great. They they think consumer first, uh, and then. They make sure that they keep engaging with the consumer as well. And of course, they adapt to different markets based on what consumer needs are.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean I know that Klarna is one of the the partners of, of P Pro and also um Trustly and uh earlier on, on Payments Radio we spoke to some of the folks at uh at Trustly. So I guess Anna, what's your perspective of um you know Trustly? How are they kind of you know paving the way for I guess uh, we kind of talked about it being you know a a less sexy way to pay in a way they're kind of I don't know maybe would you consider them like the opposite of Klarna not so you know glitzy and hyper focus on you know getting rappers and everything as part of their marketing campaign
2: oh they're they have a different culture Mm -hmm. and a different story and they came later so I've seen that some of the clan of all folks join Trustly, for example. So that's how it shows the recycling of the talent in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Well, Trustly is one of their newly born unicorns, fintech unicorns in Sweden. And uh, they are also are I think about to show us how how the moves should be made in their own way because they are quite successful I think they're the quarter one this year showed actually the growth of them and they also are doing a lot of different collaborations I think the one the latest one i I've marked that was with Zalando, where they're supporting the London expansion in Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia with uh, the possibilities to pay directly with their bank accounts. And uh, honestly speaking, Trust is one of the companies I really like because I think part of uh, of the brand, um, it's also culture that's as important. And I know... Quite a few people from Trustly, and it comes across that company culture is one of the most important uh, values that they have and share, and it's also a joy to work with them.
1: Yeah, I can only echo that. You know, as a as a you know not only a commercial partner of P Pro, you know where we um, you know resell uh, Trustly. Um, of course, as part of our wider, you know, product portfolio, you know, we've also worked very closely with uh, Trustly over the years on, you know, issues of, you know, regulation in Europe, um, especially around PSD2, uh, you know, since uh, the implementation of that was, is, is, well, I would say was, but, you know, still is a bit quite, you know, contentious, um, you know, and their, their focus on, you know, customer experience, user experience on detail, you know, the, the um, you know the focus on on execution is is really impressive.
0: And I guess so. Uh, we've touched upon kind of I guess the the recycling of talent and and the culture. I mean, what 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 is the secret? sauce, I guess, for creating such successful companies in, in, in Sweden, Anik, is it one thing you can attribute it to? Or is it just kind of, you know, like, has, has the momentum just continuously been been going? Or, you know, to what extent are incubators, banks, the government? Um, what, what's creating such a successful uh, market for these unicorns?
2: I would say that our collaboration is a key. Meaning that everyone should contribute, starting from innovators, established players, investors, government, banks, tech players, regulators. They all are playing their part and interact, invest, uh, and um, they also learn from each other, so they're open. And uh, from that perspective, they share. Uh, they don't afraid to share their possibilities of our um, collaboration, and that's try the ecosystem. Also, the Sweden as country um, is quite a, having quite tax heavy uh, um, citizens. So everyone in Sweden is very much connected to the digital services and it keeps accelerating, meaning that the consumer, Swedish consumer, is very easy to try different innovative products. And they also have a trust in the system itself. So, it doesn't stop them to try the financial products because they know they are protected by the government, for example, in, in, in case things go wrong. So, f- for that reason, it's quite an easy um, a way for, for the companies who are b 2 c hawkers. Gain traction because they they have the consumer ready to explore and potentially are engaged as well in a more um, elaborate way. And of course, the talent uh, which we already mentioned that's extremely important, which circulates around around the ecosystem, and it also takes different positions in the ecosystem. We've seen. The, the investment coming from, let's say, uh, one of the examples, for example, uh, Sebastian from clanner coming back to the story of clanner investing himself in a few different startups. One of it is, um is Stephen. Actually, that's a startup which uh, is uh, founded by one of the ex-Clowner employee and it says the request to pay Kind of a solution, and we know the story of Nicholas, um, the one, the one of the founders of Klanner who left Klanner and established a whole fund. Nor can just specifically focused on on the startups which would like to make an impact. And it's just just a few examples how people who are succeeding are trying to invest back in the ecosystem. They support also the ecosystem with knowledge, and I've heard. Uh, that's uh, the founder of Itle He've mentioned a few times on his uh, when he was very much in the spotlight that please come to me and ask questions so that also helps.
0: Yeah okay. And I mean I guess would you say are a lot of the the companies then using Sweden as kind of like a I don't want to say a testing ground, but, you know, are are they kind of taking away what works and doesn't work with Swedish customers and then, you know, exporting that for, you know, the likes of Klarna and some of the other companies that are, you know, expanding internationally? Is it kind of a, yeah, would you say it's a good testing ground or? I would say
2: yes. Mm. Uh, First of all, Sweden itself is very much competitive market yeah. so there are I think 400 plus fintech startups mm-hmm. in the country itself and it's very much heavy on payment so quite a few comes from our in the payment area of finance and so they are testing of course, are starting from from where they are and also Sweden is um, a country where you start thinking internationalization, you think globally uh, when you start your venture. So you you tasked in Sweden, but you think, what would be the next step? Would that be Germany, for example, because that's actually sometimes a second a natural second step for Swedes. And I think dreams actually have made that as a second step natural one. And if you so I would say that. Since it's a competitive market, the companies which actually go international, they've proved uh, that they have a very good strategy and uh, product and so forth, and uh, they have a possibility to go and potentially expand in other countries.
0: Interesting. And, and Andrew, I guess, uh, you know, you take quite a, a global perspective of innovation, I guess, from the, the outsider's point of view. What, what would you say is kind of driving the, the innovation success of the, the Swedish payment companies?
1: Right. What I know about, you know, Sweden and Swedes, you know, I think to, what, what Anna mentioned about having a very high trust society, you know, helps a lot. You know trust in institutions. You know, including um, you know in, in in private companies, in many cases, you know helps helps adoption. Um, I think that the small size of Sweden's market means that in order to gain scale, you you have to look international. You know, I don't think you can expect to become a billion dollar, you know, company, you know, very easily if you if you only address you know uh, Sweden's market. I think the the adaptability and the international view helps dramatically. You know, the idea that, you know, Swedens speak English very well, are well trapped, or Swedes are well-traveled, you know, are well-versed in the world, you know, and are not thinking only in terms of how things work in their own market. You know, a lot of the the, the issues you know, we see like in the Anglo-Saxon world, you know, in especially, you know, U.S., U.K., you know, with payments companies trying to innovate, trying to move, um, you know, into other countries is that they're so focused on how the U.S. and the U.K. work, they completely ignore anything else and they immediately hit a wall, you know. So as soon as they want to go to Europe or Asia or, you know, Latin America or something, they, they just completely misunderstood, you know, the, the sort of cultural norms. And I think in Sweden, that's, you know, very... Um, you know it's 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 almost internalized that you know that, that there is a bigger world out there you know and you have to look at it and you have to acknowledge it but uh you know that's that's me speaking as a non swede and seeing what <laughs> you know you yeah. know observing observing what i have over the years so i i you know i i don't know how that that matches with your with your feelings anna
2: I agree. Um, It's one, one smaller comment here. So Sweden and the whole Nordic neighbors have similar, I'll say, market size, right? And what we see, at least how I observe, quite a few Nordic players, let's say the latest Unicorn, Lunar, they focus on Nordics, right? So they think Nordics first, and then we go internationally. As a uniqueness of Sweden is that they don't think Nordics as a second step. They right away think internationally. They go beyond this small gathering of the Nordic countries, and I think that's a bit of a different um, perspective when it comes to the region itself, because the rest of the group, they do think about Nordics, but Sweden just
0: keeps it and
2: goes, no, we need to go...
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, there's, I find the Nordics very interesting because, you know, we have the likes of, of Swish and I mean, I know that's primarily, I mean, I think that is entirely within Sweden, but I mean, something like Vips and the P, is it P27, which is the Pan-Nordic Payment collaboration? Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 interesting. You also see a high amount of collaboration in, in Sweden amongst, I, I mean, I guess, so starting with just Sweden amongst the banks within Swish, but also at a Nordic level, kind of a, a pan-Nordic element of collaboration. I think thinking about Swish in, in particular, I mean, Swish is, what, maybe six, seven years old, and, you know, it, it, even today I think it – Outperforms and out innovates like a lot of national payment systems and peer to peer and mobile payment systems we see in other European markets. How 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 did banks come to collaborate on on such a solution?
2: I would say that um, Switch wasn't the first one. So uh, they started in the sixties? Uh, as I've mentioned, as part of uh, of the conversation, they already had a collaboration project. And I would say they learned a lot from it, and uh, so they just keep engaging and working together. So Switch is another venture which was introduced in our uh, 2012, 13. So that's indeed a new, new solution. And initially, this was only peer to peer. And uh, knowing Switch itself, they first introduced it up for you of charge as to gain the the market share uh, and attract consumers costs. And they they were planning to introduce some fees, mm-hmm. but they haven't done that. And so it took them I'm not sure how long but it took them quite some time till they actually went to to the to the retailing part of part of the market so now you can pay with via swish on the websites and they started with train tickets announced available everywhere so because they were banks and it's backed by banks and owned by banks they were a- they were able to afford Couple of years of basically not successful business model, and now they're gaining back where investment they made. And also, there's a collaboration example which is also successful. You may call a startup, but potential that would be venture. It's a bank ID which been in, or introduced in 2003, also owned by banks. Some some of the banks are actually exactly the same participants as the Twitch and it's it's also widely used and uh, it's been adapted very quick um, and not only in the financial sector, it's uh, authentication, authorization, application, which also used by the governmental uh, bodies and uh, very, very handy. And you've mentioned P27, which is a second, another layer, I'm sorry, for collaboration where the Nordics come together and they decide to build an infrastructure together. Uh, the cross border instant payment are multi multi currency project, which is pretty unique. And they have that as one of their I would say an attractive uh, initiative uh, to look at. There's a lot of uh, eyes and ears that are potentially having an interest in on getting an update of what's going on with P27 as it's still in process. And yes. as was as long as I know, the first transaction are about a plan to be made in 2022, so mm-hmm. next year.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also worth mentioning that in the meantime, they actually acquired uh, Banksarot. So the you know, which is (laughs) kind of an interesting first move. Mm.
2: Exactly. Um, It's it's yeah because the owners of Bangiars are also owners of P twenty seven.
1: Yeah, you know, which I think is 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 interesting because if you look at, you know, something like Swish is built on top of that, you know, bank clearing network whereas in, you know, Vips and MobilePay which are in uh, uh, Norway and Denmark respectively are based on card transactions, you know. So the idea, if, if they can extend, you know, bank clearing across the, the Nordics, it means that, you know, the, um, you know, something like, you know, Swish could also be expanded across the Nordics. Whereas today, you know, it's really, um, you know, tied to that local currency, uh, clearing system.
2: Yeah, and that's an ambition now are from Switch um, to, to become that kind of player. However, I don't know if you've seen, there were recently the news that the Nordic mobile wallets, mobile pay, P1, WIPs, they, they've merged. Yep, And Switch is uh, for the Nordics and Sweden is not one of the countries. So I think it's an interesting move how that's going to play.
1: Yeah, it could be could be the, quite then a competition between these two approaches, you know, between the 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 sort of instant credit transfer approach of switch swish versus the, the the card wallets.
2: Yeah that's that shows also because there are the um, Owners of Mobile Pay, owner of Mobile Pay is Danske Bank, and their pivo is owned by OP Financial. So they're also banks which are breaking up these ventures. So they're bigger players. It's it's quite a big game of big guys, so I want to
0: I want to touch upon one last point. because I think, you know, we've touched upon, uh, some of the, the players that are tackling the, um, you know, the, the PSD2 side of things, the invoice factoring by now pay later. We've talked about, um, swish and, I know that Sweden was one of the first um, countries to start thinking about a uh, digital currency with with the e-kroner. So, Anna, what's the status of the e-kroner project and, you know, how how did that come about?
2: So it's an ongoing project and it's run by Central Bank of Sweden. Um, Briggs so the latest report is, uh, was published on the 8th of April this year. So the E-Kroner, um pilot was announced on that uh, um, report. Uh, the first phase uh, is live with Accenture, so the technical platform for theoretical e So the project works to create the digital corona in isolated test environments. So it's pretty simple and user-friendly, meets high requirements regarding the safety and performance. Um, it's also our the project, which is a pilot, um, with which Would have in the next phase participation from other actors. So, Handelsbanking and Tiet Every are going to be uh, involved in that and will be testing the integration of the payment flows developing during the first year of the pilot. So, eCrona itself is uh, not decided what that would be. So, it's still a theoretical. Project sort of a say, so and uh, that gives us a bit of our flexibility to, at some level, to assume that what that could be. So at the moment, solution is based on the, um, on dis- distributed ledger technology, and ecron e- represents by uh, digital value units and distributed uh, network-based uh, blockchain technology. So the e itself would act like uh, a physical cash, and will be created and deployed only by Riksbank, and it also will be distributed by the central bank of Sweden. And uh, when it comes to the participants of e-crown network, there will be banks, um, expectedly, which will operate on their own nodes and uh, with option of ordering uh, the e to the public. So. When it comes to the user experience, idea is that the user will have uh, potentially their digital wallet and they will, it will be linked to the payment um, instrument, such as a mobile app, and that will allow the user to exchange e with participants and in the network and carry out and receive transactions. So it is a very interesting project to watch uh, and. Uh, specifically because it's run by a central bank. Yep. And the reason why the central bank is doing that initiative is because Sweden is cashless. Um, that was more or less quite of a big push for, for the central bank to start that project because the cash is no longer king in, in the country and yep. we needed to... To address that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, it's so interesting, I think, to, to look at how far, you know, Sweden is in terms of the, this cashless society. And I think, yeah, I mean, I can understand how this has been, you know, one of the, the key drivers for, for the e-kroner. Andrew, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, digital currencies and that whole area of the payment space?
1: Um, yeah so I think the 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 question for me is is you know less about the technology um, you know because I, I think there's many you know effective ways to you know implement a digital um, you know store of value in digital payment. I mean we just talked about a lot of you know digital payment systems you know that, that Exist already, but um, usually through private companies. You know, for me, it's the the question of uh, the disintermediation of the financial system. You know, having a direct relationship between citizens and, you know, a central bank without having a commercial bank in between to hold an account balance, having a card network, having all these sorts of things around it. And mm-hmm. the, the, the the implications of that are many, you know, and there can certainly be benefits, you know, for example... Um, if you think about a cashless society where being unbanked essentially means that you're, 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 you're ostracized from society. And, okay. you know, with a digital currency, you, you don't have that problem anymore. You essentially can always have a way of, of paying digitally. You know, that, that's a, that's a bit of an advantage, but there's obviously a lot of existing, you know, stakeholders in the financial system, in the payment system that, it, you, you know, support the current intermediated configuration. You know, and I think what will be interesting to see, um, certainly not only in Sweden but in the rest of the world, is you know, wh- you know, what would a system look like where you know I, as a consume, you know, consumer as a citizen, can hold an account and can, can tr- uh, transact digitally with only a central bank relationship. You know that that that's going to be very interesting.
2: Just to add to that, uh, I. I'm part of the echronic Group and one of the association of fintech in Sweden. And back a few years, when this was still uh, also a project um, in development, the central bank issued uh, a questionnaire or or the research to to um, to contribute to, and uh, gave that to different players in in the ecosystem are the, one of those were us with innovations and we were very much positive reacting on on the questionnaire. And they were uh, the banking association, Swedish Bankers association, as an example, they were negative specifically because uh, they're losing or potentially they might lose their, their role in a such an be- important play, where if the central bank has an, a relationship directly with, with a citizen, then there's no need to have a middle, middle layer where now banks are. So however, I by looking at the latest report, there might not be that scenario. There might be banks in the middle. So it's still not decided. I guess what we could do is just see and uh, the future will tell how that would actually act.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot more questions than, than answers, I think, um, you know, with all the, the papers and pilots and, and initiatives around the, the central bank uh, digital currencies. Um so wrapping up, uh, I just wanted to ask Anna, what what's what's exciting you about the up the new up and coming uh, payments and uh, fintech companies in Sweden? What what can we expect in the next five to ten years?
2: Well, payment is of course very uh, big. Topic heavy agenda, what I would to say in in the country? So there are quite a few different actors. One which is I would like to highlight now, which is Kivra. This is the service for secure digital mail for companies, authorities, and also to the users to create a digital mailbox to receive, upload, and store emails mm-hmm. uh, and other important digital assets. So it's getting attraction quite quite severely at the moment. So they are. There are movement in the country, which is not new, but it's actually quite progressing where we mm-hmm. see quite a few founders are coming from, from a bigger player such as Klana, Trustly, Isetel, Bambora. They're going and starting the new ventures. And that also, I would say, an important factor when it comes to looking at the Swedish ecosystem who are the founders, and most of them are the, the ex connors So the Stephen I've mentioned, a few others, Unfin, and so forth, which are the companies to look for for the greatest news ahead. And I would say Trustly. I'm really much thinking that there will be some great news this year or next year about Trustly, something mm-hmm. pretty big from, from what I see. I would expect something exciting coming from that
0: direction. Cool, super. Thanks Anna and, and Andrew. What are what are your kind of thoughts on uh yeah, what what innovations we can expect uh maybe not just out of Sweden, but kind of um from the the Nordic region and um, yeah, general kind of key things that are going to be game changers in the world of payments. Um
1: yeah, I mean, I think I, I I see the you know you know Sweden and the Nordics in general you know, leading in, in terms of, of consumer focused payments experience in Europe. You know, so we see that with, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the things we mentioned, you know, like Swish and, of course, and, Vips and mobile pay in the other markets, um, you know, buy now pay later. Of course, Klarna being very much at the, at the forefront of that. Now, you know, I think every time I hear of a new, of a new payment method globally, I think half of them are buy now pay later schemes. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's now the, the, the sort of, um, you know, force, uh, you know, I think I'm 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 interested to see what happens on the, um, uh, you know, I, I'd say more on the uh, fundraising, uh, IPO and MA side in 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 Sweden. You know, there's a lot of um, news. You know, so I, I think. You know, probably both aware. Trustly had to delay their their IPO, you know, due to some regulatory concerns. Um, at the same time, Tink, you know, who I, I don't think we, we we got to talk about yet, you know, is no. d- um, uh, done an exit with uh, Visa, you know, acquiring them. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> See, still needs, still, <laughs> still needs regulatory approval, and it's not the first time Visa tried to you know tried to acquire an account information provider after <laughs> after trying to acquire Swish. If uh, is, um, sorry, uh, uh, um uh plaid a few years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think that's also going to be interesting to see is like what what is that um, you know, that 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 exit going to look like for a lot of these companies? Is it going to be an IPO, you know, with with somebody like Klarna, its valuation is so enormous, you know, it's hard to imagine something other than an I, an, an IPO. But especially for the ones that aren't quite that big, um, you know, is is it going to mean you know, an exit to a large, you know, American company, or, you know, is yeah. there an IPO route?
0: Yeah, I mean, it will be super interesting to to see. I mean, some of the the recent valuations that have come out in, in the past week have been uh, yeah b- pretty high. Where there's only one one route, and I think that's a uh, IPO. So, yeah, I mean, Anna and Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your insights and thoughts and hearing more about you know what's coming out of Sweden. Um, you know what what's made the likes of Klarna and and uh, Trustly successful um, you know what what's caused the or what's been the catalyst for the e-kroner and I mean of course we didn't even get to talk about Tink. tank so I think this just really shows how many interesting innovative and successful companies are, are coming out of Sweden so I think we'll all continue to watch uh, you know the, the Swedish ecosystem under a very close lens